Um, we're going to look at another one of those questions that Jesus asked. Uh, we've been looking at them. As we said, some of them are very big questions that we all know. Some of them are a bit smaller, and, 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 but nevertheless very important. Just very mindful that it is Father's Day today. just want to say... Uh, what do I say? Happy Father's Day to those of you who are fathers. Oh, look, a father's just come in with a gold tie there that must have been given, so that's great. But also very mindful, even someone like myself. Uh, my children are not here. They're on the other island, and uh, we miss them, don't we, on days like this. But for others of us, there will be a mixture of emotions for different ones of us uh, on a day like this. We have it on Mother's Day. There are other moments, aren't there? Christmas is another time, and we just need to be mindful of one another and conscious of where one another are at at these kinds of days. However, we are also so thankful that through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have an invitation to be restored in a relationship to the one who is the Father. And Jesus has made him known to us by the Holy Spirit. That revelation has come not just to our minds but to our hearts, to our emotions, to the whole woman, to the whole man. That the heart of the Father is is revealed to us by Jesus through the person of the Spirit. So we're going to look at some very well-known verses this morning from John chapter 14. Many of you will know these verses. Just going to read John 14, verses 1 to 14. Well done to the tech team this morning. Everything crashed and burned and they've fixed it. So... If you feel um, your eggs frying this morning, they've got all sorts of hot zones working to get, get up some things this morning. <laughs> John 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. The words of Jesus to his disciples. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We pray as we open your word, as we look at these wonderful truths, we ask you for revelation and understanding that we might know you better. Lord, that it might not just be a head knowledge, but it, we might receive deep within our hearts, within our very beings, the truth of who you are and our relationship to you. We give you this word. We pray that you would open our ears and open our eyes. In Jesus' name. Amen. There's many, many sermons that could be preached on these 14 verses. There's lots that we could draw out, particularly this morning, just verses 8 to 10. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And then we get this question, little question, don't you know me, Philip? Don't you know me even after I have been among you such a long time? How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So this is what we're going to, to look at. These, these are the, this is the text, really, I just want to highlight this morning. It's interesting because what Philip said, of course, was true. Totally and utterly true. To know the Father is enough. In fact, to know the Father is everything. To have a deep and meaningful relationship with the Father completely fulfills us and completely satisfies us. But the disciples have not yet realised. They've not realised that the very essence, the very nature of the Father is right there in front of them. Hebrews 1 verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being. They had walked and talked and eaten together for almost three years. The Father was being displayed to them. So Jesus says, don't you know, Philip? Don't you know me, Philip? How can you say, show us the Father? The whole of my life has been about showing you the Father. Whatever you have seen me do, you've seen the Father. Whatever you've heard me say, you've heard the Father. Jesus was continuously and perfectly displaying and pointing to the Father. Showing the Father's heart. Showing his nature. But they'd not yet realised it. Of course that can be true for us also, can't it? We can find ourselves in church. We can find ourselves around the things of God, but lose sight of the very heart of the truth of what we're about. We can find ourselves distracted even by doing church. By being God's people, we can be distracted. And so that's why we need to keep encouraging each other to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to come alongside one another when we're challenged, when we're daunted, when we have questions. We need to say to one another, come, let's fix our eyes together again on Jesus. Let's be reminded again on who Jesus is and who he's displaying to us. It's possible to be in church and around Christians for many years and yet for us to say, I'm not sure who the Father is. 
I'm not sure what he does. I'm not sure how to hear his voice. Friends, I want to say this. If we're going to know real transformation in our lives, if we're going to see this growing and thriving church that that Rodney prophesied over us back last year, if we're going to be a significant blessing to this town and to this island and beyond, we need to know and grasp the heart of the Father. In this day and age, just recognise, those of you who have any connection to family life, even in this community immediately around us, know that we need the heart of the Father. That this society, this culture, this world, and this community needs to know the heart of the Father. And it begins as we lay hold of the heart of the Father. Our primary source for knowing the Father is knowing the Son. And the revelation of the Father and the Son comes to us by the Holy Spirit, which is why we're regularly and often praying, Father, fill us with your Spirit. Lord Jesus, send again freshly upon us your Spirit. I'm going to the Father, I'm sending you one who will lead you into truth. And so I need the Holy Spirit to lead me to the truth of the Father. That's why, Holy Spirit, as I open the Word of God, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me about the heart of the Father? As I fix my eyes on Jesus, will you speak to me about the heart of the Father? Because we need to be full of the Father. And then we take that into the culture and the world in which we live. I want to highly recommend at this moment just a little book. Uh, Some of you may have come across it before. It's called The Good God by uh, Michael Reeves. Um, I love this book. This is one of these books that I just pick up. Uh, It's it's only small and short, but I I warn you, it's deep. But at the same time as being deep, uh, there's lots and lots of nuggets of truth. And it's one of these page turners. Um, it's, It's got pictures related to history in it as well, and it just makes all sorts of connections. But you just want to read uh, the next page just to see. And he just reveals, he talks about enjoying the father the Son, and the Spirit. And uh, unashamedly, some of what I'm speaking on today, I've drawn from that as I've just been refreshed this week uh, and digging into that book. Understanding the heart of the Father and our relationship to Him is vital to our Christian walk. As we begin to grasp and know who the Father is and His heart for us, and our relationship to Him, it will transform our lives. It will transform our marriages, it will transform our families, it will transform our workplace. But again, this is why we need to know more and more of Jesus. Because by the Spirit, he reveals the Father to us. And as he declares to Philip and the other disciples, he's just making this great declaration. We need to hear this. I and the Father... I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. I and the Father are one. I am in the Father, the Father is in me. John Piper says of this statement, Jesus takes us to the heights of doctrinal truth about himself. He is one with the Father. He is one with the Father. John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was was God. Verse 14, and the Word became flesh. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and the Word became flesh. The Word, the Son, is in the Father, and the Father is revealed in and through the Son. I just want us to think about this relationship for a moment. The Son is eternally and completely loved by the Father. Not going to go into all the, the doctrine and theology of it today, but the very fact that he's called Father means that there is this relationship. A father is someone who begets, he is fruitful, brings forth fruit. And so to be the Father, there is already fruit. But there's an eternal picture of the Father's relationship to the Son. Just let that trickle down for a moment can only call him the Father because of the Son, but he utterly and eternally loves the Son. So this incredible relationship that's going on, the Father would never minimize or shrink that love for his Son in any way. It's never minimized, it's never adjusted, it's never compromised. It's complete and steady and total and utter and eternal. Otherwise, he would no longer be fully God. And the Son comes to share that love with us. Because if we are in Christ, we are in the Father's love. The eternal, perfect, consistent, ongoing, never-changing love. We are in Christ. So the same love of the Father and the Son is ours. Somebody get excited. Margarita, you wanted passion. I'm giving it to you, all right? So you have to be in the conversation. John 1.18 in the NIV describes God the Son as being at the Father's side. If you go on through those verses, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. Verse 18, it says, the Son is at the Father's side. But the reality is that the original, the way that was originally written is is much stronger. It's much more intimate. I'm going to use a word that probably we chuckle at now. But actually, when I was a child growing up with this word, it was a very biblical word. But before I get to it for a second, it has the sense of being on the lap of the Father. It says, the son is at the father's side. Oh, that's nice. Oh, there's that word, by the way. That's nice. You know, they're, they're mates. Side by side, father and son. Ah, oh. no. It says, the sense of that word is being in the lap of the father. In fact, what I grew up with was the word bosom. In the bosom of the father. It's about a heart connection. It's about being one with each other. It's, it's, it's on the lap of the Father. You can feel each other's heartbeat. It's, it's heart to heart, head to head. The Son is in the bosom of the Father. But do you know what is so astonishing about that? That in John 17, verse 24, when Jesus is praying, do you know what he prays? He says, Father, I pray that all believers, that you and I might be where I am with you. 
Jesus is praying that you and I would be in the bosom of the Father, would be on the lap of the Father, would be heart to heart, head to head with the Father. Hallelujah. That's his prayer. He's coming, that high priestly prayer. Father, that they might be where I am with you, on your lap. That intimacy of relationship. Of course, that's why the Father sent the Son. That we who have rejected him, turned our back against him, those who are lost in our sin might be brought back, might be restored Not merely as distant, far-off parts of his creation. Well, yeah, let them in. Let them in. They can can have a place on the fringe. That we might be restored as his children. With full rights as sons. Full rights. Total acceptance. Full inheritance. Nothing limited. Nothing compromised. Full rights as sons, to enjoy the astonishing, intimate love with the Father as always known with the Son. It's ours through Christ. Hebrews 2, verse 11 says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. And because of that, Hebrews 11, verse 16 says, His Father is not ashamed to be called our Father also. Jesus says to you, brothers and sisters, the Father says, my son, my daughter. No shame, not a shame, because Jesus has done it all. He's paid the price. He died on the cross. The shame is gone. The separation is gone. Brothers and sisters, children of the Father. If we grasp this truth, you know what it does? It gives us confidence. gives us joy. When we are approaching the throne of heavenly grace, when we're coming to the Father, we come with confidence. We come with boldness. In fact, I want to suggest that some of us need to start running into the throne room. Running into the throne room and shouting, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. And we run in, we run into the throne room and we leap on the throne and we land in his lap. In the words of that great modern song, which I just love, and I'm really hoping we get to sing in a bit, Abby, no pressure, but... um, No longer an orphan, lost at the fall, running away, running away, running in the opposite direction. Now we're running into the presence of God. Suddenly, love breaks in. By grace, by grace, I hear his call. The call of the Father who has a will and a purpose for my life. I had no righteousness of my own. No right standing of my own. I had no right to go anywhere near his throne. I could not possibly go anywhere near his throne. Angels with flashing swords are put there. There is no way to get... I had no righteousness, no right standing of my own. No right to go anywhere near his throne. But the Father still loved me. Still loved me. 
In love, before he laid the world's foundation, he predestined to adopt me as his own. He raised me up so high above my station. He raised me up. Raised me up. I was dead in my sin. I was dead in the mire. He raised me up so high above my station. Now I'm a child of God by grace and grace alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have a new life. We have a new identity, a new spirit. Romans 8 verse 15. The spirit we've received does not make us slaves so that we live in fear again. We were enslaved to sin. Now there is a wonderful picture of being enslaved to Christ. We'll come back to that another day. But we're no longer enslaved to sin, no longer enslaved to fear, condemnation. Rather, the spirit we've received has brought about an adoption to sonship. We've got a new life, a new spirit. We've been adopted into Christ and into this sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. As a dear, dear Nepalese friend of mine always says in his prayers, dear daddy, dear daddy. I love it, I can hear his Nepalese voice right now. Dear daddy. Oh, running into the throne room, up onto his lap. Dear daddy, dear daddy. Galatians 4 verse 6, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Let's hear that again. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit which cries out, Dear Daddy, Abba, Father. The son is in the lap of the father, is in the heart of the father. The son and the father are one and we are in Christ and we are in that same love relationship. My first year at college, there was a number of books that were required reading. And this is one of those books I think ought to be required reading. So I think it's still in print. It was called uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. And in there, he says this. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much they make of the thought of being God's child and having God as their father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls their worship and prayers and their whole outlook on life, it means they do not understand Christianity very well at all. We need to be caught up with the Father in these days. There's a world out there that's crying out, show us the Father. Show us the Father. They may not be using those words, but that's what's in their heart. Sometimes they are. Show us. If you really mean it, show us. When a person deliberately and confidently calls Almighty God Father, it shows they've begun to grasp something of the wonderful and fundamental truth about who God is and what they have been saved into. I want to encourage you. Don't just use the word God. Use the word Father. I invite you. To use the word Father in your prayers. Think about your prayers. And my dear friend Philip, dear daddy. He does it purposely, I've heard him do it. Dear daddy. 
Is it possible to have that kind of relationship with God? Surely that's a bit, you know, rude. It's a bit unhonoring. No. He sent his son so that you could call him dear daddy. He sent his son that you who were far off, distant, outside, cut off, removed, might know him as your dear father. That you might sit on his lap and know his heartbeat and hear his whisper. He sent his son for that. To quote uh, Michael Reeves that I, I mentioned earlier on, knowing God as our father not only wonderfully gladdens our view of him, it gives the deepest comfort and joy. Can you hear that? Not only wonderfully gladdens our view of him as father, it gives us deepest comfort and joy. The honour of it is stupefying. To be the child of some rich king would be nice, but to be the beloved of the emperor of the universe is beyond words. Clearly the salvation of this God is better than even than forgiveness. Certainly more secure. Other gods might offer forgiveness, but this God welcomes and embraces us as his children, never to send us away. For children do not get disowned for being naughty. You might want to question that, but not in God's heart. He does not offer some kind of he loves me, he loves me not relationship whereby I have to try and keep myself in his favour by behaving impeccably. Some of us, I think, might know that. Does he love me today? When I get up this morning, will he love me? He loves me, he loves me not. If I behave well, maybe just pray into that in a little while. Some of you, I have a feeling that will press a button with you. That's not how the Father is. It's not how the Father is. It's not how the Father is. He loves me, loves me not relationship. No. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so with security... To enjoy his love forever. Lord, show us the Father. That will be enough for us. Don't you know me, Philip? Don't you know me, Mark? Don't you know me? Put your name there. As I sat with the stranger, the outcast, as I reached and touched the sick, the despised, the diseased, Did you not see my heart? Do you not hear the tone of my voice? Do you not feel the depth of my compassion? As I displayed honour and care and compassion and pure love towards women, did you not encounter the true heart of the Father? As I wept with those who were weeping, as I stood against hypocrisy and injustice, As I fed the hungry and offered living water to the thirsty, did you not see the tears of the Father? Did you not see the justice and grace and mercy that flows from his throne? As I taught and blessed and reached out and healed and forgave sin, 
as I allowed them to beat me and spit on me and whip me and nail me naked to the cross. Did you not see me? Did you not hear me? Do you not know me? I love it when worship songs help us to respond. We're going to come back into some worship in a moment. How deep the Father's love for us. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away. Haven't got time this morning. But if we talk about the eternal, consistent, all-sufficient, all-wonderful, glorious love of the father, Jesus cry in the garden, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That cry on the cross. The cry of dereliction. We cannot begin to understand the separation of the Father and the Son in order that we might know being what it means to be united again. United again with our Father. As wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. I love watching this morning my good friend John King with great grins on his face this morning. Uh, Just loving it. I'm going to quote something that he sent me in an email just recently. Of course, as believers, he's worried now, as believers, our aim is to be able to say the same. If you want to know what God is like, look at us. Listen to us and you will see and hear God. We are God's image bearers on earth. We're his ambassadors, his representatives bearing his nature. There's a challenging phrase that I've been meditating on, John. His reputation among mankind in many ways is dependent on us. (laughs) I immediately want to go, no, Jesus, Jesus can do it, he doesn't need me. Jesus says, what does he say? Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go and image me. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. You are in me. Now go in my name. Wow. So we need to get hold of the Father, don't we? We need to be full of the Father. We need to be full of the Spirit. We need to be full of the Word. He finishes that little phrase that he wrote to me. Thankfully, we have and absolutely rely on the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to achieve this. I say, thank you, Lord. Lord, fill me again that I might display the Father to the fatherless in the workplace, in the schools around here, in the workplaces around here, across at the hospital, 
What do we have if we, if we don't display the heart of the Father, the person of Jesus? That's what will transform this island. That's what will transform your neighbourhood, your next door neighbour, your colleague whose answer you don't know how to answer in regards to his marriage or how he's relating to his children. You don't know how to speak to that friend who, who's fallen out with their mum and their dad. It's only the Father. It's only the Son. It's only life in the Spirit. I say again, whether they realise it or not, the world is saying, show us the Father. We have a wonderful opportunity to do that. We do that from the position of being his children. With access to the very throne room, to the very heart of God. Perhaps Abby and the the team and others, could you come up and join us? They're going to help us now. What I want us to do is to just take some time to worship into this, respond into this. There's some points I'd love us to um, just pray into. I'm sure for some of you there will be some buttons that have been pressed. There'll be things you'll be saying, Whoa, Lord. Just want to invite you. Perhaps you'd like to stand. Just like to invite you just to open your heart, your hands as you feel comfortable. Don't, Don't feel you have to do anything you don't want to. I just want to invite you now to come to the Father through the Son by the Holy Spirit. I want you to let some of those truths that you've just heard, let them resonate deep within you. And as as the guys lead us in worship, as they help us in worship, just let some of these truths really come deep within you. I believe that there's healing that God wants to bring this morning. Physically, yes, but also emotionally, historically. Some of us had pretty tough relationships with our fathers. It wasn't modeled to us well for whatever reason. Maybe generationally or where they were at themselves, maybe they were hurting men. The Father wants to come and meet with us today. Wants to bring a fresh, clear, clean, pure understanding of his love for you. His invitation to you. where you find yourself being tentative, unsure, uncertain. Jesus, I know. Jesus died for me, yes. But the Father. My own testimony is that my picture of the Father, not based on my own Father, but based on the church that I was part of, was a God of wrath and anger. And My own dad was not like that. But I had a picture often as I thought about the Father of this God wanting to throw down, as it were, javelins of thunderbolts of lightning, of condemnation and judgment upon me. I remember a day when I saw the smile on the face of the Father looking over me. I believe the Father wants to smile over us this morning. wants us to know that we are welcome onto his lap. If that image is not good for you, don't, don't, don't 
push into something that's not good for you right now. But for those of us, there's an invitation. What it is, is an invitation of security and of love and grace. It's not one of fear. It's not one of condemnation. It's it's perfect love. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. It's secure. It's It's not going to lash out. It's not going to point out your weaknesses. It's not going to say, ah, but. Yes, but if only. doesn't say any of those things. The Father looks at you through through the finished work of the Lord Jesus. The Father looks at you through the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's the lens through which he looks. He sent his Spirit that you might know this love. And so, for some of you, you just need to open your heart, your hands this morning and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me again freshly this morning. I pray for a revelation of the Father. Some dads here, you're beating yourself up a little bit just at the moment. Oh, I'm not a good father. I've not been a good father. I've messed up. Just believe that the the Father would invite you right now into his presence to say, I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you strength. I want to give you all that you need. Let me cover you first. Let me encounter you first so that you can bring all that you need for your wife, your children, for your workplace, for your environment comes out of encountering me first come to me first and I'll give you all that you need different things for different ones of us let's just spend some moments worshipping we'll invitation in a moment just to some of us just to come and stand at the front just respond to God take some steps stepping into that throne room if you want to do that even before I sort of make it official if you just want to walk forward in any way Feel free. Please have have a liberty.